Welcome to Heart Shaped Pod, a Nirvana fan podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Travis Clark. Hey everybody, welcome to Heart Shaped Pod, take two. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Travis fucking Clark. And we're talking about Nirvana's last album. We are? <laughs> Well, we're hypothesizing well, about what we the are. fourth album would have, could have been like. Yeah. We had a whole discussion leading up to this, and then we realized it wasn't recording properly. Yeah. But boy, were we interesting. Man, we were so fucking on it. I tell you what, when Courtney Love has us murdered, they're going to yes. find that recording and release it with some other people playing instruments under it, and they'll be like, oh my God, why didn't they ever put this out? It'll be that. Yeah. yeah. That'll be, they'll know that's why we died, which that's cool. That's, I mean, yeah, it could be worse. Um, Should I stop insinuating that Courtney Love will kill people? Is that a bad? No, no. no. I mean, I feel like that'll get some people to come. Is on it an show. insinuation, or is it just a? I feel like it's just a statement of fact now. Well, allegedly. I mean, I feel like you got to throw that one in. Right? Did she kill Tom Petty? It's possible. I did. We did when we recorded uh, the first two minutes of this podcast uh-huh. two minutes ago. That, yeah, uh, we did address the editing snafu we had last week. Where uh, we edited that episode a long time ago, so yeah. sorry Travis told you to go see Tom Petty at the Hollywood <laughs> Bowl at the end. At the time, it was a possibility. <laughs> it, at the time, it seemed like a logical yeah. plug when we recorded and edited that. Yeah, it was a thing that you could still do. Because I we recorded that when I was in a real hot streak with editing. And I just I got that shit edited like the next day and was like, cool, I'm You're set like, for two on. weeks. Let me listen. No racial slurs. We're good. Send it out. <laughs> Beat it to the machine. <laughs> What's that? Someone in it's dead now? Ah, we'll catch it later. We'll catch it next time. <laughs> but maybe we should just end every show with like, if this person's still alive, <laughs> yeah. Go see them. <laughs> yeah. Who should we tell people to go see this week? Bob Dylan? If he's still alive? Yeah, go I see Bob know. Dylan while you still got a chance. At the moment, he's still with us. I don't know what's going to happen once the mics go off. Because who saw him not being the next Wilberry to go? Anyone have Tom Petty in that pool? Oh, the, 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 the Deadpool? The Wilberry Deadpool? <laughs> no longer traveling Wilberries. <laughs> the sedentary Wilberries? Uh, uh, does that mean they're not moving, or are uh, we referring to a layer of earth? Both. I oh, think it okay, works on, the, on both levels. <laughs> Yeah, wait, uh, how many, I think we asked this before, how many Wilburys do we have left? I think it's just two now, isn't it just Jeff Lynn and Bob Dylan? It, Jeff Lynn's the one I always forget anyway, so it's just Bob yeah. Dylan in my mind. That's yeah, because really... Roy Orbison's dead, he George a, Harrison's dead. Roy Orbison was the first one to, to, to yeah. take the curtain call. He's like, I'm out, guys. Roy Orbison's trip ended first. <laughs> <laughs> guys, this is my stop. I'm done traveling. I'm going to get he off the one-day yeah. pass on the <laughs> Wilbury Express. <laughs> His ticket was not punched all the way to the end. He Boy, we very it. wildly from respecting the dead, too. <laughs> Let's make fun of the... You know, we need a traveling Grungeberries, is what we there really need. There are as many surviving Beatles as there are surviving Wilburys. Oh, my. No, there's, there's one. No, you're right. There's, yeah, there's two. two. <laughs> Who Guys, if you get a chance, go see the Beetleberries. <laughs> it's... The, tra- the traveling, traveling Beetleberries. Beetleberries. They're so good. They are such a great uh, band. A lot of covers. <laughs> so, like, uh, what we're talking about today is Nirvana's what would have been fourth album, maybe? Yeah, and we've hypothesized about this in the past and right. thought about what it would be like. And then Adam, in his ever 
ingenious ways of uh, combing the net for cool things, found uh, this post. The the these days the YouTube algorithm just feeds me cool Nirvana shit. On I would imagine I would hope so. Yeah, I would, if it didn't, I'd be like, they need to revise the algorithm. Yeah, yeah. that would be weird. That it's not doing that. They really get me. It's a lot of Nirvana, a lot of the coat hangers. I'm yeah. into it. I get that a bit too. I also. Um, I get a lot. Yeah, I get a lot of Nirvana stuff too. But I, this didn't show up until you sent it to me. It's pretty fascinating. It was posted by a YouTube user named Claire Wells uh, back in May, and it's called Nirvana Four, uh, as if to imply this is what the fourth album might have been. Right, Nir- Nirvana Roman numeral four. Right, yes. Nirvana IV. Yeah, which which was a problem that Kurt had. Right, that's kind of a morbid title, Claire. I don't know if you were thinking of it that way, but if so, yeah. bravo. Right. Very well She's done. She's like, this works on so many levels. I also talk like Kurt. It's great. I love it. This, what she did, she took a lot of demos and things that were on the montage of Heck album, which is just like Kurt Cobain's depressing home demos. Yeah. You ever scream into a microphone because you're sad? Montage of heck. Yeah, that's that's the tagline. <laughs> and she mashed some of it up with, uh, it says, full band mock-ups by The Beginning of Music, which are on YouTube. So I'm assuming these are, some band went in the studio and said, what would this song have sounded like if Kurt actually recorded it? Which there is, I know there's like a studio version of that Opinion song out uh, there that some band did that sounded kind of cool. So that's what a lot of this is and then there's some some surprises there's a, a song at the end that has been called ivy league at certain yeah, times i've seen that labeled before and then you know after a while so many of these songs have so many other names you're like yeah i listened to that one like, yeah no, i haven't no i thought i had i thought hairsprayed queen was ivy league but i was wrong i don't right. know what i'm talking about you know and one thing you'll note is most of the lyrics are just kurt mumbling or making noises because these are like scratch tracks oh or so him. a nirvana song yeah yeah basically yeah. but he hadn't turned the mumbles into actual words he could mumble yet so it was just unlike the classic moist vagina where it's <laughs> such a well realized song lyrically he really knows how to enunciate yeah he really it's does pretty great i mean if you remember when weird al did his spoof of smells like teen spirit which i don't remember the title of the weird al version do you wasn't it smells like nirvana maybe that was it but he would say it's it was hunting with all these marbles in my yeah. mouth and like marbles were falling yeah that's pretty great yeah um weird al's gonna be here in may he is he's on the show not uh, oh my well, god guys we got weird al coming up shit. what if we get weird al on on pops <laughs> talk about making smells like nirvana oh my god let's let's do that let's try to let's make that an option do that yeah he's gonna be at the ace hotel which is right up the fucking street <laughs> hashtag weird al on on pops yeah right i i look i think we should aim for that we've gotten other things to happen by using hashtags yeah let's weird al on on pops Let's just please get that hashtag going right yeah. now, America. We want we have until May. Yeah, we got That's plenty so of time. much time. We got plenty of time. We're right by where he's going to be performing. Yeah, we can get the place real weird for him. We can yeah. get, we can rent an accordion. We'll have some fucking accordions. Hey, I know him. I did a short film with him. He Hey. Yeah, we're buddies. Perfect. Actually, I weirded him out by talking to him about how much I liked UHF and he was eventually like, "Okay, thank you." You know, "Okay, like, good." <laughs> I was like, "No, you understand. Like I loved it." And he was like, "Cool." I was like, "I saw it in the theaters." He's like, "Oh, you're the one." And I was like, "Not really." And he's like, "Okay, I'm going to go do another thing now." So we'll have him on to talk yeah. about UHF. Yeah, I'll be like, "Great. Great. great. Remember me?" <laughs> 
I played, you were Jesus and I played one of your disciples. It was a silent film. You played the accordion. Remember, you ate some grapes and I talked about UHF. Why are you being weird? Where are you going, Weird Al? <laughs> I love you. All right, maybe we shouldn't have him on. Maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> Hashtag don't subject Weird Al to Travis. So let's talk about this Nirvana, I mean, album, whatever we want to call it. It's a YouTube video. You can all go out and find it. It would be, I think, in length an EP because it's only about 39 minutes, right? Right. Yeah. Hey, I know this one. Yeah, the first song on it is You Know You're Right, which makes sense. That was the last song they officially released. Was it, uh, well, oh, yeah, on the... on the, Well, on the yeah. Greatest Hits compilation. It was the last official band release. Was it release. an outtake from the In Utero Sessions, or is that not true? Is this... No, this was recorded after... This was recorded in early 94, Really? Yeah. The I think it was January of 94. They went into... Uh, they recorded it in Seattle. Really? Because it's got some Albini stink on it to me. Yeah. It it was... not. I don't mean I mean in terms of flavor, not in terms of it's bad. I mean, it, yeah. it has that kind of like... Seems like it's got a bit of in utero style production on it. Yeah. It's got that... Apparently, when he came home from recording it, he told uh, Courtney Love that they recorded a a really good song that's a bad Allison Chains cover. <laughs> nailed it, Kurt. Kind of nailed it. Because yeah. this does when one, the minute you hear that, you're like, oh, oh yeah, this is kind of an Allison Chains. You are getting a little Lane Staley on me. Cool song though. I it mean, is. this this is one of my favorite songs of theirs. Just I like that guitar riff, that like those muted. Yeah, and just the the weird. It, it's finished, but still has the quality of being unfinished, which feels intentional. Yeah, it has that like sparseness to it. But then yeah. the quiet loud thing that they do, like here it comes, it's get loud guys. Nope, sorry. nope, kid, still quiet. Yet. But they build a lot of tension, which is uh, yeah. Their, their their vibe. You know where I first heard any part of this song Here it was is. on. It's a great chorus, yeah. great bridge and chorus. The first place I heard any part of this song was on Entertainment Tonight. Oh yeah, Mary Hart, huge Nirvana head. <laughs> I very vividly remember because I remember the anticipation around this song coming out. John Tesh can't get enough Nirvana. Because this was back in the day when a song could exist but still not have been right officially leaked to the internet, which if this song was in anyone's possession now, it would just be, unless you're Prince who literally built a vault right. that his family had to wait for him to die so they could drill into it and sell it. Oh man, he had it that vaulted? Yeah, he had a legitimate vault in Paisley Park that because he also didn't really take care of his affairs before he died they had to come drill to get into and it was just filled with tapes and recordings and shit like so hundreds and hundreds we'll and have hundreds Prince albums forever oh there will be Prince albums until the end of time yeah wow it's pretty intense and he's got a lot of really great outtakes He's not, he's not like a, a band like Nirvana where it's a lot of unfinished. No, I mean, there's that famous uh, Kevin Smith, one of those evenings with Kevin Smith's recorded ones where he goes, I, I think Prince is just trying to make entertainment for when the world ends so that like eventually there's still, 
He just makes stuff and stores it. He just yeah. He just never really planned on releasing all of it, but still wanted to make it. So that was you know you're right. Right. The one thing about at least the notes for this, it does oh it does have a track listing. Very oh. nice. Oh no, I didn't see that before when I looked. It, yeah, that might be new. Yeah, so this is good because I did uh, when I first listened to this next song, I was like, "Is he saying burn my britches?" Yes, he is, and he is saying burn my britches. And this I've never heard. I didn't hear it until. Uh, and this has parenthetical band mock-up. Next yeah, to it. so the the instrumentation you hear on this is mostly not Nirvana. Is I think what that means. Oh, so they just have his vocal track, and then they, they have his vocal track, and then another band played what they they. I, I think they're kind of trying to play what they expected it would have. You know, we got two, technically three, I guess if you count Pat Smear members of Nirvana still around. You could have said, "Hey, what would you guys have done?" Yeah. Well, that's the thing that this that that's what's interesting about this YouTube video to me is this isn't unusual for especially rappers. Because the nature of rap, ver- like right. Notorious Big and Tupac, Tupac especially, that's why there's so many, like Tupac released more albums after he died than he did when he was alive. And it's because he would just record verses and just keep them and right. have them in the studio. So there was just this endless supply of Tupac verses that they could put over songs. Yeah, as long as you, get songs. The, the, long as you make a beat that goes good with it boom right you got a song and notorious big didn't write any of his lyrics down so when he would come up with a new verse he would do the same thing and he didn't just, write down uh he didn't write down <laughs> anything neither does jay-z uh, what? and he, i don't think little wayne does either they well they, little wayne i can believe yeah you mean <laughs> <laughs> what was my name little cz little cz <laughs> little cz doesn't write down. he does it's real it's real juddery you can't read it it's, looks like he's Oh, shout out to C's. Yeah, it looks like a seismic graph when you see his handwriting. <laughs> oh, a little C's. You need to get on some L dopamine. So let's listen to. It's an anti seizure medicine for those who are wondering. <laughs> let's listen to Burn My Britches, which this on the montage of Heck album is just uh, kind of Kurt yelling over an acoustic guitar. But it sounds interesting with the, the band lineup. I mean, that doesn't sound non Nirvana. Yes. But they're they're following what his acoustic guitar was already right. doing, right? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't sound like a Nirvana song. I mean, the, the it instrumentation like, does the, the vocals. It sounds like something that would have been on Incesticide. Yeah, like one of those really weird Mexican seafood hairspray queen type of songs. not a bad mock-up now that i know that it's a mock-up yeah i didn't see any of those notes when i listened to it yeah and i I couldn't tell what was the mock-up and what wasn't yeah they are i mean they're doing a decent job of this is where it feels like a nirvana song yeah is when it gets to this part and that sounds like something he ended up using maybe or maybe it's just something someone else wrote before Uh uh-oh quiet time uh, I wonder if that's the original. It's got to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be. Burn my britches. I mean, 
I wouldn't, think, have, I wouldn't have hated this song if it came out. Right. Like, I mean, I'm assuming there would have been words. I also think, too, they would have done that Butch Big trick that even they did on In Utero, the doubling the vocals, you know? Yeah. And then that would have probably made it like a little more compelling as a listener. As it is right now, it's it sounds like he's doing a bad... Death, yeah, death metal. Demon. Well, that's one thing they they didn't do that here, and there are some like the the Ivy League thing at the end, which I know it's not called that. Shut the fuck up, people in the comments. Uh, wow, <laughs> we can hear you from here. We can hear you from here, right? And okay, it was Berkeley. That was the thing that we didn't say last time. <laughs> are we getting to the? Yeah, I think we're. It's a pretty good mock-up, especially with all you have to go off is him beating on on the the side of the guitar. Yeah. You'd be like, okay, I'll, what if that was a drum beat? Okay, this is. And it is yeah. neat that they're playing like little snippets of the original before they go into the, which I think is what they do anyway. They have those yeah. little quiet dropout moments, which you got to do as a three-piece because otherwise you're just three people banging at the same time. Was that over? I, uh, I think was that was it. Yeah. Oh, yeah I, I think, think we burned was, his bridges. I think it was over. I think if I'm understanding his intent, we burned his bridges. Yeah. So so that's Burn My Britches, which yeah, an interesting tune. One of the, the there's a Reddit thread that I sent you with the comments. With, yeah. There was a really interesting comment where this uh someone who where the obviously guy argued himself out of his own point. Yeah, he didn't listen to this clearly, and he just said, oh, I don't think that's what this would have sounded like. Uh, it probably would have been like some Foo Fighters demos and maybe Do Re Mi and You Know You're Right, and then some of the jams they were working on. That's exactly oh, what it is. you mean, so what's on this video? It is precisely what he described, Yeah, that and was- it is the top comment on yeah. Reddit. <laughs> so we are doing a lot of Nirvana fans a service right now by actually listening to this for them. I think. Yeah, because don't here's what we've we've learned. Maybe the people on Reddit aren't the most informed. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a free for all over there. Yeah, it's a mixed bag. Sometimes you'll get someone who's like, oh, what a good point. And sometimes you'll get someone who go, You just want a friend. Yeah. You know? And I think the guy who Yeah. So yeah, Do Re Mi is this is another band mock up, which uh And I don't mind this. I don't either. Yeah. This was one of the ones that stuck out to me when I listened to it. Uh, yeah, this is a good... This is an, a neat interpretation of how this song might have sounded. And, like, they had Pat Smear in the band, too, so I'm assuming there would have been some extra guitar action yeah. happening i keep forgetting that we never got a real album with pat yeah we, we never only got, got a, unplugged right so we never got well no there's two guitar i'm not this pat but we have two guitarists on bleach right no jace neverman never played on but don't bleach. we have two guitars no in it no it's just kurt ah so we never got a dual guitar assault unless it was kurt just playing over right. his own rhythm parts yeah huh yeah, this would have, this would have, what what I do find interesting about this is, uh, well, for one of the other comments on that Reddit thread was that, oh, I don't think he would have turned his abandoned ideas into songs. Well, for one reason, I mean, one thing, they're abandoned because he died. Yeah. Like, he didn't. They're not abandoned, they're orphaned. 
Right. They never got to. They never got to be realized. Yeah. And that, but then meanwhile, stuff like old age. You remember old age? Yeah. That was on the Nevermind reissue. Yeah. That doesn't have words. Like that wasn't finished. But people are like, oh, if he just could have finished that, I don't think he was going to. That because, was it. Yeah. Because that was Nevermind era, and he fucking moved on. You don't know if he would have done shit with stuff he was working on in '94. Although, even if you go Nevermind era, like he didn't even get three full years past Nevermind's recording before yeah. he was gone. So. Some album, I mean, some songs he worked on for several years before they right. got to be put on an album. So, right, like Dumb, which yeah. is on that Chaos Radio recording where right. he played Opinion, but that was like 1990, and Dumb came out in '93. Three, yeah, on In Europe, which is a long time to work on a song that is Holly with different words. Right, and it's also pretty finished in '91. Yeah, it seemed. If you uh, if you watch the DVD version of Nirvana Unplugged. Uh, where they don't cut anything and they play it in the same order that they recorded it. Uh-huh. He plays Dumb and Polly back to back. Uh oh. And after he plays the second one, he says something to the effect of, uh, I wasn't supposed to play those back to back because they're the exact same song. So even he knew. So he oh, yeah. He didn't. He wasn't deaf to it. He no. Yeah. No. I mean, Rape Me, I think, was pretty acknowledged as. Kind of a follow-up to Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah, it was like an inversion of it. Yeah. It was like a different order of the same thing. Right? right, yeah. So, this I think this is pretty reasonable that something like this, had there been another Nirvana album, this might have been on it. Or maybe this would have been the, the solo Kurt Cobain record we were promised. Right. You know? That's the thing that gets tricky about this, is you go, which one of these would he have run off by himself? And really, would there have been a fourth Nirvana record is the kind of question I wonder. Right. The thing is, and we, we do this on the podcast too, obviously, but Kurt Cobain died so young, you kind of have to apply what he did during his life to what you think he would have done. Like, he did some shitty shit up to the point where he turned 27 and died, but... You know, we don't know how that would have evolved well, and changed. And everyone points out, oh, Nirvana hated each other at the end. That could have lasted a year, you know? Like, Oasis broke up a few times and got back together. Bands right. do that. I'll say the photo that is the um, forefront of this video on YouTube. It's uh, Pat Smear, Dave Grohl, Chris Novoselic. Chris. Uh, there's no T in it from my recollection. And uh, Kurt. They're all standing there. Now, we have a long history of this band in photo shoots, and we know that there's hidden messages in the photo shoots, at least of Kurt's intention. Kurt's first and foremost, he's got the most color on him, and he's in the grips of what looks like either a panic or a really inappropriate approximation of a handicapped right. person. To me, he's already distancing himself from the band. To yeah. me, this is the, I'm going to leave. Yeah. So... Because that also does that pose is also someone kind of like struggling to break struggling away. To, yeah, mm. let me out of this. Interesting, and yeah, the band behind him looks radically different. Yeah, like Pat and Chris at least look like they're in Depeche Mode or something, right? And Dave looks like he's a cholo. Dave looks <laughs> like he's like hardcore Los Vatos Locos forever. You he know? looks like, like the Dodgers fan that threw a beer at me and hit a baby. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. What the. I will tell that story on every podcast. You should. <laughs> this guy just, uh, he through the whole game, 
fucking not paying attention to the game at all. During the most tense moment was showing his girlfriend's shoes on his phone that yeah. he had just bought. And I think he bought them during the game, too. Well, I mean, look, that's what you go to baseball games to do. But then the minute the Dodgers win and he realizes it gives him an excuse to be an aggressive douchebag to everyone around him, he just starts screaming at like every Cubs fan in the section. And I was sitting right behind him. And on the way out, he just keeps looking at me and going, fuck you, fuck you, like repeatedly and super aggressive. Maybe like, he was a fan. Maybe he noticed the show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I was wearing a, a Cubs hoodie uh, from when they won the World Series last year. Gotcha. And I just looked at him and pointed at the word champions. Oops. And he said, fuck you a couple more times. And I was just like, whatever. And I turned around. And apparently, as soon as I turned around... He threw a mostly full can of Tecate at me. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was a can. It was a 25-ounce can. I thought we were talking one of those plastic cups no, that they give you. No, this was a large, heavy can of beer. He threw a tall boy at a baby? He threw it at me and hit a fucking baby. Like a, a toddler or an actual infant? It was an infant, Travis. Okay. <laughs> it's not, that's not he a... He hit a full-on baby. He hit a soft skull with a fucking hard thing. He did. Oh. And fortunately, the baby was fine. Parents weren't happy. Is it? We, I mean, <laughs> this is... <laughs> we don't got, know the yeah, law. I'm sure it doesn't yeah. like the Dodgers anymore. Well, I think also, too, it'll be like, why is Timmy so slow to read? <laughs> oh, he took a Tecate to the face when he was only a few months old, and ever since then, he's been a little slower than we planned. Oh, if this was Canada, that guy would be in jail. That <laughs> happened two years ago to Toronto Blue Jays game, and they yeah, arrested but the But it's America, guy. so he's our next president. Right, yeah. right. He probably owns the Dodgers now. Yeah. He probably is in the Trump cabinet. Anyway. Too political? Too much? <laughs> no, we, we just got, we went, we went from Dave looks like a cholo to just slippery slope down. Is this getting racist? Is it? Yeah, Is it? it's fine. I don't no, know. No, I said the man could be, I said he could <laughs> achieve the American dream and be the president of the United States of America. That's true. In no way was I besmirching <laughs> his heritage, his ability to govern. I was at anything saying the people would elect him. If you're at a Dodgers game, you don't care much about mexican culture anyway because they you, built dodger stadium on top of a mexican community they like what look up the battle of chavez ravine sometime it's a whole thing where but it was california when they built it it was they didn't but build it. it was it was la but chavez ravine was this uh if you've you've been to dodger stadium yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. ravine and that it's used, haunted by Mexican ghosts. That is full of Mexican ghosts. It is. Yeah. It is. It used to be a community of it, it looked like its own separate country inside of Los Angeles. And it had like its own schools and churches and shit. And at one point this city planner went in and said, We should like revitalize this for the people and give them like a better infrastructure and shit. So he was like, We're gonna move you out for a couple years and we're gonna build everything up and then we're gonna move you back in. Uh, right to where you were living before. But it was during the Red Scare in Hollywood. Oh. So as soon as the plan got approved, someone stepped in and said, uh, that's communism. And the guy fucking went to prison for a year for proposing it. And instead of move, but this was after they moved everyone out. So instead of moving the people back in, the city of Los Angeles made an agreement with the government to buy the land back for like cents on the dollar with the understanding that they would build something for public use, and they built fucking Dodger Stadium. They, there was a... Oh, my God. There is a school 
under Dodger Stadium. What? Instead of tearing it down, they just took the roof and the floors out and just filled it with sand and built over it. Not a school that's still used. Like, well, no, I, no, no one, obviously. No one goes to school there. But in like 500 years, archaeologists are going to be like, these people's priorities were fucked. No, they'll be like, this must have been a holy site. This <laughs> 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 so was a place of learning, and then they built this giant congregation on top of it, I think. And then some calamity yeah. filled it in in the middle. Did they ever serve like uh, fish or ceviche around there? Uh, I don't know. It'll be Mexican seafood tying it back together. <laughs> oh! Hey, did it. <laughs> Let's listen to the next song. This is one I don't think would have actually ended up on a Nirvana album. That's because it ended up somewhere else. Oh, wait, am I listening to the wrong thing? No, it's the next song. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. So this, is, this isn't what I was thinking of, but this is interesting. This is one route the band could have taken if... Assuming things got better and they started getting along, right? Uh, Dave Grohl was already writing. This is a '92 demo. That's I didn't know it was that old. Yeah, so this was recorded when Nirvana was at their height. Oh, so so Dave had one foot in the food the whole time. He was right. He was looking at his other options. But it, it would have been an interesting direction if Kurt was like, yeah, have a song or two on each album, you George Harrison piece of yeah. shit. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to allude yeah. to, that it would have that kind of thing. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, they would have had like a very strict songs per album agreement. Right. And then when they did finally break up, Dave Grohl would have put out the best fucking Foo Fighters album imaginable. Right, because he would have had all these... Right. That's what George Harrison did. So here's what's interesting to me about there's a couple of we have what we now know as Foo Fighters songs on this Nirvana 4 compilation, I guess. Uh, I didn't realize how Nirvana-y some of these early Foo Fighters songs were until you hear them in this context. Because I love this first uh, Foo Fighters record. I listened to it on endless repeat when it came out. Um, But once you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, you... You put a different singer on this. Because that's the thing, too. Do you think it would have been songs that Dave wrote and Kurt sang? Or do you think Kurt would just take a full... I don't think Kurt would take a full back seat. I don't think he would do it. I think he might have. But I don't think he would have sang a Dave Grohl song, for sure. I think he he would have been more offended by the idea of singing someone else's words than playing guitar on someone else's song because he did that right like he would help out other bands and like guest on their songs and shit and I, I guess it would it would matter how impressed he was with this song I mean this is a cool song it's one of my favorite songs on that first Foo Fighters album I also wonder though would you think they would have gone we alluded to uh, Alice in Chains earlier dual frontman kind of thing yeah, like a, I could see it. You know, like a Lane Staley and um, uh, Jerry Cantrell kind of. Yeah, going I mean that. Each other kind of. It vibe. would have been an interesting direction because they they really uh, like, especially once you hear the Foo Fighters' second album. Uh, Kurt and Dave had very different aesthetic, right? When it came to how a record should sound, because there's that one Foo Fighters album that's this that sounds kind of grungy, right? And the rest are really pristine. Their third album is a little lo-fi, but it's also their best fucking album. Nothing left to lose. Yes. I uh, are you a color in the shape guy or no? 
I like that. I, I think the first three albums are all really strong. Well, what's interesting to me is that we're hypothesizing about whether or not Dave and Kurt could have shared co-frontman kind of thing or played off of each other. We know that Dave would sing harmonies on certain things. But if we look at Dave post-Nirvana, I don't think he's done any shared vocal duty with anybody. Not no. not not lead vocal. Uh, well, Taylor Hawkins, he just sings backup though, right? Or does Taylor Taylor does have a have a cigar cover? Does he actually do a song? He's got a song on the In Your Honor album called Cold Day in the Sun. Oh, you know that's the double album that I don't always make it yeah. all the way through. It's actually one of my favorite songs on the album. Really, it's a really cool song. Yeah, uh, but I think Dave wrote that song. But he and Taylor have the kind of bromance thing going on. They're fucking. <laughs> I don't know if they're fucking. Oh, probably not. Yeah, I no, know. I don't. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's fine. Yeah. Not, they'd make beautiful babies. Well, beautiful, long faced babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be. I can body shame Dave yeah, Grohl. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, horse teeth? Sure. 2017. I can say whatever the fuck I want about Dave Grohl. Yeah. He's a man. Yeah. And Taylor Hawkins, you know, clearly saw Brad Pitt in a movie in like 93 and went, that's what I want. <laughs> that's me. That's, that's, that's me. That's me. That's who I want to be. Ever. I'm a river runs through it, Brad Pitt, for the rest of my life. <laughs> so we're, we're getting to the next song, which is one that I don't think would have actually... Yeah, I don't think this would have been on there either because I think it would have been a B-side because we know they love doing a B-side. Yeah, and I mean, it did show up on Unplugged, obviously. Right. But uh, I was going to say, did they do any covers? But yeah, obviously. On Unplugged? No, I mean on any of their studio albums. But yeah, studio, not on any of the main ones. Uh, On Bleach, there was uh, Oh, you're right. But that was a... that's. Bleach is basically a compilation of all the other shit they had going yeah, on. That's true. Because, yeah, Bleach is like a weird amalgamation of just like Kurt being like, yeah. Can we have a record deal? <laughs> Come on, Please. guys. Look, I have enough things for a record. Just put them on to one thing. I'll make this guy that I'll <laughs> shame for the rest of his life pay for it, and it'll be great. What if we just do a photo shoot first? Yeah, let's do a photo shoot. Oh, let's kick him out of Soundgarden. Let's kick him out of Nirvana. Let's make him become a special forces soldier and kind of never really live down this grunge shame that he lives with. It'll be great. Do you like turtles? I love turtles. Let's get a bunch of turtles. Let's get a bathtub of turtles. It's cool how we're talking just right to each other. Oh, it's so great. It's so nice to finally get to talk to you. You think this would have been on our last album? You know, I don't think it would have been our last album. I think it would have been my last album. Oh, you know? That's interesting. Because, I mean, I'm Kurt Prime. I don't know who you are. I'm Bada. Bada. <laughs> You're back from Vietnam. Oh, man. Bro, I'm so sorry I had to go through that, man. I didn't. <laughs> Wait, you've been here the whole time. I have, but you have to talk to me to know it. Listen, man. I never wanted to do music. I wanted Plot hole. I don't know how I'm talking to you now. Listen, that's a good point. Can we just get back to our first true love of BMX bikes? That's all I ever wanted. Just wanted my dad to like me and to ride BMX bikes. Why don't we put down these guitars and pick up some shovels? Fuck the wattage in the cottage. Let's go get some. Let's build a yurt in the dirt and just live out, <laughs> live out in the wilderness. Oh, poor Bada. Rest in peace. Bada on the 4th of July. Yeah. That- <laughs> 
I love saying that. Uh, by the way, that was a scene from our radio play, Kurt Meets Bada, <laughs> The Later Years. Coming spring, 2022. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be working on it a while. Yeah, for a while. It's kind of a, yeah. In the meantime, we'll put something else out that sounds yeah. exactly like it. Yeah, uh, it's a uh, working title is The Grungier Years. It's like The Wonder Years, <laughs> but it's just Kurt narrating his own life with his imaginary friend. So... Uh, this uh, we're we're coming to an interesting song. Well, this has about a minute left. Uh, oh, hold on, that's the IV at the bottom of the photo. That oh, I thought that that was like something that they meant to crop out of the photo. That that was like gaffer's tape on the bottom of the photo. Oh no! This yeah. whole time I thought Pat Smear was standing on a napkin. <laughs> <laughs> There was like something under the, this whole time. I was like, man, this was not supposed to be the full frame. That's supposed to be cut out. That's not supposed to be there. Yeah, it's it's IV in the Nirvana font. I, oh, yes, it is. Which did they, they like invented their own font? Did they? I don't think they did, but whoever I think the Nirvana font is an actual font that was like altered somewhat. Maybe I should ask Jen Scott. She did our logo. Right. I said, find us a Nirvana-esque font. She and did. she said, dear Google. <laughs> <laughs> How did you do that? It's just, uh, you know, living in the future is amazing. <laughs> you should have stuck around. You'd be amazed at what you could do. Although everyone <laughs> knows we didn't live under a bridge. They've all figured it out. Run, Bada, Run. <laughs> Forrest Cobain, coming to theaters. <laughs> so this next song is labeled as Poison's Gone. Oh, this sounds very Alice in Chainsy. Yeah, this sounds like it would have been a bleach thing. Mm-hmm. Is this a mock-up one, too? Yeah, this is a band mock-up, which the band mock-ups are, they're, they're effective. Yeah, because it rounds out the whole yeah. thing, and, and they have a pretty good idea of what the sound of the band yeah was. and yeah. nirvana's sound i don't think we even talked about it in the gear episode but it's not a hard sound to replicate like kurt cobain just kind of turns the mids way up right on his amp and like chris tunes to whatever kurt whatever doing. kurt's doing <laughs> yeah and it's you know it's not and dave goes yeah. <laughs> so they're doing a an effective job there but yeah, this is a really, I don't know what era this song would have really even fit into. It, it sounds very of, it sounds like the way this is at least instrument produced and uh, instrumentized. That's not a word. I think so. Is it? Fleshed it, out. Fleshed out. It sounds very like, we need a Seattle song. We need a yeah. song that says, I'm from Seattle. You know, yeah. like it has that very 90s. Yeah, and to it. I think if I read the description correctly, most of these demos are things that he did later. Like closer to 93, 94. Closer to the. Which is to the. Yeah, closer yeah, to the. You know, the thing that happened. The, yeah. Whatever happened. I don't remember what happened. I don't think he um, retired? Yeah, I think it was that. Forcefully retired? But you could hear like that. It at least had a. It still had a really catchy melody. Yeah, I mean that was one thing. I his melodies, his vocal things were one of two things, like just crazy noise or catchy. You yeah, know? those were his kind of 
his little wheelhouse of melodies. This is another one that... This is the one I didn't care for. Yeah. This is this the one... This sounds like a Tom Waits skit. Like, when Tom Waits sings in that really crazy, high-pitched, gravelly voice, which he uses very effectively. Right. But... But this is like... There's a reason why some things are you're doing at home on a tape because you're yeah. like I want to experiment with something and then you listen back and you go yeah that's not my thing that's uh, I tried it yeah. figured out that that's not maybe that's not the ultimate version I do it in yeah this one is definitely not a winner but uh, ooh it's long it's too. a long one yeah how much let's let's get through one more verse if we can is there even one. I don't know. He just kind of goes, yeah, and he just keeps saying, "What more can I say? Anything, right. dude? Yeah, just something. Say anything. Maybe try all lyrics." Very heart-shaped box that they yeah. kind of went through for the uh, idea of what this would have sounded like. Yeah, I don't know if I agree. I got a new complaint. Yeah, it sounds very much it's like heart-shaped very heart-shaped box. box. And when has Kurt ever? So yeah, this is probably yeah. exactly Actually, it might have been dead on. Like. <laughs> yeah. They nailed yeah. it. Oh, uh, this is called heart-shaped package. Uh, <laughs> it's similar. It's called heart-shaped pod actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, uh, well, hey, copyright infringement. I'm suing you guys. <laughs> well, I won't, but my wife will. Let's listen to the next song, which uh, I thought this is an interesting choice also because we'll all recognize this. This is Exhausted by the yeah, Foo Fighters. Yeah, I know this and song. And this is also a demo that was recorded when Dave was still in Nirvana. It's so similar to the final version that's on the record. The same kind yeah. of weird static breakup and the weird phaser or something that's on the voice. I can't tell what that effect is. Yeah. This is one of my favorite songs on this record. I think it ends the record, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Fun little fact about Travis fucking Clark. When uh, this Foo Fighters record finally did come out when 95 had my first back surgery and I was laid up in a bed for several months and I just listened to this on repeat because one, I liked it and two, I couldn't get up to change the sure. CD. So I'm pretty familiar with the first Foo Fighters oh, record. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 yeah, the first uh, the first and the third. Well, actually, the first three I'm pretty familiar with, but the third one is the one I've listened to the most. I got yeah. a real soft spot for that album. That's a that's an interesting one because that was that was kind of at the time Dave's no I'm quitting because he'd moved all the way back to Virginia. Yeah, he w- didn't want to be out anymore. That's why he has stacked actors on the which yeah. is in dropped A, which is really uncommon for yeah. the Foo Fighters. And um, there's a great outtake of that, which got some popularity. I think we might have talked about it on another episode. This was during the time, this was like 99 when the record came out, and there was a thing of putting enhanced content on all of the things. So yeah. you, you put the, the CD in your computer and it would play little videos. There's a video of Kurt pretending like, I mean, I'm sorry, of Dave pretending like he's drunk with like a bottle of wild turkey. And he goes, don't tell me how to make records. I was in Nirvana. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And that, that. was going around, and people thought it was real. Like, like <laughs> 10 years later, people were like, look what an asshole Dave Grohl is. So it was like, <laughs> it was a skit on the, like, fucking enhanced content. Did you ever see, I don't know if you would even be able to find it now, and I kind of don't 
remember where I saw it, but uh, Dave and Taylor Hawkins did a public service announcement, uh, a pro-smoking public service announcement. No, I did not see so, that. Like, they just did it like for themselves. It wasn't like a publicly released thing, but it was a video that was going around like for a Like a little joke thing that yeah. they did, like hanging out. And like- it was so fucking funny. What is this? Getting weird notifications on my computer. Hey, these are my songs. <laughs> what the fuck? It's Matrix. It's the Matrix Kurt Cobain. Also, <laughs> this is Dave's song, Kurt. No. Come back in about two minutes. It's mine. These are all mine. If it's got the name Nirvana on it, it's 60% mine. 20 Dave, 20 Chris, because I think that's fair. That's an actual almost quote from him. He talked yeah. about what the publishing split was. 6 yeah. a.m. 2020. Yeah, that's why if you look on some of the a very select few songs are credited to the three of them separately. Right. So those are the songs where it was like 33, 33, 33. But for the most part, yeah, 60, 20, 20. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. That means Courtney Love is getting 60 now. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's why she argues with those dudes so much, because they're probably like, hey, could we make that 33, 33, 33 now? <laughs> kind of feel like wasn't totally fair then, and none of us knew it would be what it became. So, yeah. Let's, uh, let's check out the next song. This is an interesting one. This is another band mock-up. It's called the Yodel Song. But this, this is actually one of my favorites. Because I could see him, like, they put Tourette's out, and that's just him literally making fun of people with Tourette's, kind of. No, you know what I think it is? I think it's another one of those lifting from one of his influences. Because there's a Melvin song called Ever Since My Accident, where Uh, King Buzzle just goes, and it's about like he's had brain trauma, (laughs) and he can't make words anymore. Ah, So So maybe it's that. Yeah, I think it's... I think it's just as uh, awful, yeah. but, but but also lifted. Right. It's also, it's insensitive and someone else's <laughs> idea. Uh, this, he was really fucking with the falsetto at the end there, because this, I see why it's called the Yodel Song. But this is just him trying to figure out a melody. It's not Oh, him. yeah, yeah, for sure. But it would have been, this would have made a, that's what I kind of like about it. This would have been a really cool melody, I think. Otherwise, other than that, it's a pretty standard sounding Nirvana song. Well, with the instrumentation that we're hearing. That's the word I was trying to say earlier. Instrumentation. That's an instrumentalized. Instrumentalization. Yeah. I feel like this would have been like. Well, you can. That's an acoustic, right? That I'm hearing. That's yeah. Quite, I think this would have been a real unplugged sounding song, but in the studio, like he would have done a straight up under uh, something in the way kind of. Yeah, thing. I think this is from the. This is drums underneath the original. Interesting. Huh. This one is 
We're almost to the last one, which I think the last one is the most interesting because the last one is actually a full band song. I'm hearing the fucking Lead Belly in- influence that he always talks yeah. about now. I finally hear it. I oh, finally yeah. Hear yeah. It. That's yeah. that and that melody, too. Yeah. That's what if that song came out on the influences, yeah. we'd be like, listen to this fucking Lead Belly yeah. song. But uh, <laughs> exactly. This is the song that gets labeled as Ivy League all the time. I don't know what the actual name is, but the... uh, It's just called Big Ten. (laughs) Yeah. The music is from an actual live show. So this is the band. Wait, were they playing like an Ivy League school? Is that why it's called Ivy League? I don't know. Were they playing... Were they playing like MIT or Berkeley or something at the time? That's not really an Ivy League school. But yeah. I don't think so. I don't know why they call it Ivy League. Which is live from Harvard. That's why it's called <laughs> Ivy League. So the, all of this is, is yeah, from the this lesson, is, including the vocal part? Yeah. And someone actually, there have been versions of this floating around for a long time, and someone actually was able to isolate the vocals and kind of fix them and, like, put them back in. I mean, it's it's interesting. You know what it is, too? It's so funny. Just hearing the way it sounds, it's such a live 90s show sound with the way the bass is coming through. Oh, yeah. You know, where they just really pushed it and made it subby and like... It's got know, like fucking rap bass on it if you right. listen really close. There's right. a part where it's like... But you, right don't, there. you don't hear that as much at live shows, but I remember like when you would go to yeah. shows at, at this era, you would just hear like something you would never hear on the record. It'd be like... It would be like that. You're like, fuck, yeah. I never hear the bass on this song, and now it's punching me. Yeah. Uh, I could see them if there was a, a, a next album. They did like ending with weird shit. Like, I could see this being like the bonus song. Yeah. The bonus track that you get if you have to buy it in Japan, where it's $45. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you import it back here for 180 so you can have this fucking song in your life. And then, and then Napster happens, and you kill yourself but well maybe not maybe before or your, your wife yeah, killed yeah, you. yeah well, well yeah and 20 some years later two dudes are talking about it being like you can find this version <laughs> it's worth so much money you should have it like the bottom fell out when the napster shit happened and we <laughs> well, we don't know what would happen with a fifth album we don't know we didn't get a chance <laughs> that would have been you gotta that, take what yeah, you get yeah. people but this is i mean it's an interesting it, interesting At least it's a thing full band thing to hear, yeah. yeah. It's the only kind of full band thing on here. And but again, there's not there's not much left in terms of Kurt Cobain music that is gonna sound that coherent. Which is a shame. But Yeah, but I mean Courtney always said that she was sitting on a gold mine of uh, unreleased tapes. And then we got with the lights out. And that and we got Montage of Heck, which right. I think is what she had in mind. So that's everything? I think so. Huh. It's disappointing. Yeah. Like, no one else... There's Nirvana is one of those bands that has been so exhaustively archived online that you can find pretty much a, a record of every recording session they did, what right. they recorded, what the status of it is now. And I, I think if there were... 
like really good finished Nirvana songs out there, we would know about it. Well, what's interesting to me is you can kind of see why Dave took the filled the void once Kurt was gone. Like he had full finished things while exactly, the band was yeah. at the prom. You know, he didn't just have like I don't know. I sing about a thing and I do a thing and I yodel. You know, like he had this shit's done. Let's yeah. put it out. You know. Yeah, it, I think in utero would have been weird with Dave Grohl's songs on it. But that's when we got the first Dave Grohl yeah, B side. Is know? it? It's the, is it the heart shape? I think box? it's heart shaped box. Is where, where yeah. Uh, yeah, Marigold. It's a good song. It is. I love that song. Used to be my password for every online account. Which and, holy shit, yeah. what a weak password. Now it's Marigold sixty nine exclamation point <laughs> super step capital M. Marig- <laughs> capital M. Yeah. Capital M. Case sensitive. <laughs> All right, we should wrap it up. I have someone coming over to fix a computer. Oh, uh, who might be here right now? Oh, all right. What do we have to plug? This is coming out in two weeks because we're going to start doing these every other week, just because they are a bitch to research. Right. Two weeks that puts us into November, right? Well, what's today? Yeah, we'll be yeah we'll be right at the beginning of November. I'm doing Venice Underground in Venice, uh, November. 1st or 8th. What a great show. Yeah. So I'm doing that. So come out to that. That'll be fun. I think I have some other things in November, but I can't think of what they are. Follow me on uh, social medias at Mr. Travis Clark. Yeah. You'll fucking find us. Yeah. And, you know, subscribe to the rest of our podcast on Patreon. Patreon.com slash unpops. Or we'll kick your ass, Seabass. Whoa, I didn't know we're, we're threatening them now. Yeah, yeah. it's me and you both. We're, oh, we're, oh, shit, I'm yeah, in this too. Team. Yeah. Oh, we're, fuck. We're signed on oh, man. for life. Well, you heard it, guys. If you're a sea bass, we are going to kick you around. <laughs> and uh, if you want to hear the, uh, the songs that we listened to today, just Google or go to YouTube and, and search for Nirvana, Nirvana IV YouTube user Claire Wells. And uh, give it a listen. Tell yeah. them Unpop sent you. Yeah. Put in the comments. Get, how do they put this up on YouTube? But me and you play a 30-second clip of Nirvana performing Seasons in the Sun, and our videos are banned in 280 countries. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I have no idea how this is. As far as I know, Claire Wells has no rights to any of this. <laughs> I have no clue. Maybe it's because it's unreleased? Yeah. No, some of this shit's yeah, some released. some of this is from Montage Yeah, some of it's from the greatest hits thing. Yeah. Some of it's Foo Fighters. Son of a bitch. God damn it. All right. You made us, made our, ruined our day, Claire. Thanks, Claire. Thanks a lot. All right. I guess we should just get out of here then. Uh, Yeah, let's <sighs> get out Travis, of here. Travis, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs>